Hello and welcome to this episode of The Exec Show. I am Olali Salami, and I'll be hosting this special episode where we look at the advantages and disadvantages of digital events, which have been made more necessary than usual over the last year due to the increased travel restrictions of the international coronavirus pandemic. Putting together digital events like conferences and more informal meetings requires the coordination of many people. Exact has a handful of people who frequently work together as a team and will share their experiences with you today. Let's meet the team. Hi, I'm Pascal Barnes. I'm the current chair of Exarch and I became chair in 2019. My knowledge of Exarch goes right back to 2012 when I was working for the Ancient Technology Centre and I was looking for organisations that would add to our value in terms of our reach, but also in terms of self-development for our staff, who were primarily experimental archaeologists. I did some digging around and saw that our nearest neighbour or competitor, I suppose, at the time was Butzer Ancient Farm, and I saw that they were members of Exarch, so I delved into Exarch a little bit more deeply and was really happy to find that it was the sort of network that I was looking for. Lots of different interests, international reach, just the possibility to participate in conferences and get to know people and network and get ideas, which I think is really valuable when you're a small organization and you feel like you're struggling alone. My role really in the digital conferences is to introduce Exarc and to provide a face for the organization. My name is Roland. I started Exarch 20 years ago with two friends, and I'm currently the director of Exarch. My role in Exarch is to connect people and make it possible for people to do their things. I, I try to enable things. I am mainly working behind the scenes, in the conference office, so to say. I'm planning, trying to find new team members, making sure that the budget is okay, because even online conferences cost money, and that, for example, the PR works. When events are actually running, I usually am present in one way or the other. My name is Caroline Jeffra, and I have a PhD in archaeology, but my focus was on experimental archaeology. I started off as a member of Exarch, and now I am a member of the board of Exarch, and it was really my interest in experimental archaeology that brought me here. My role uh, with Exarch in terms of digital conferences and events has taken a few different forms. Um, I'm the producer of the Exarch Show podcast. I'm also, I was the one of the organizers for archaeological approaches to the study of the potter's wheel. So I have, since March really, um, been running Exarch's Discord server and I've been behind the scenes working on making events for people to engage with that are entirely digital. My name is Lipe Bjarknes. I am a Danish archaeologist. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in prehistoric archaeology from Copenhagen University. What brought me to Exarch was that I was looking for something to do and Exarch was looking for volunteers. So I wrote an email and I told the rest of the team that I had lots of time and I would be willing to help out with the digital event and just one thing led to another and uh, here we are. I am the editor for Exact for the main part. I record stuff sometimes 
and afterwards then I will take all of the audio we have and I will cut it up and make it sound nice. And when everything is as it should be, we can publish the discussions, everything important online as podcast episodes so that people can always go back and listen to it. As preparation for the conferences and events, I sometimes also help the speakers with their presentations ahead of time. And during the events, I will also be on Discord and welcome new people and uh, help troubleshooting if that is necessary. My name is Josephine Berset and I came to Exarch as a volunteer, initially to work on the events calendar. I work on transcriptions of the Finally Friday chats and the podcasts. It's an ideal opportunity to learn about a topic, because you always have to look up things, check names of people and places, and figure out the specialist language that is used. I also work on video subtitles. Good quality subtitles also add a lot of value, especially in an international environment where there are lots of non-native English speakers, not to mention the challenge of dealing with the accents of native English speakers. My name is Matilda Siebrecht and I am currently a PhD student at the University of Groningen in the Netherlands. I was originally introduced to Exarch actually during my undergraduate degree um, in Aberdeen where I first became involved in experimental archaeology and I was looking up things and I heard about this amazing society called Exarch and now I've been involved a little bit more because I am trying really hard to make archaeological research more accessible to the general public and this is a goal and a wish that Exarch seems to share. So I'm very happy to work with them in this respect and on this podcast, for example. So I am currently the host of Finally Friday, which is the monthly podcast that Exarch started releasing when the coronavirus pandemic kind of hit. Like a podcast is perfect because it's not too long. The content can be kind of uh, can be varied enough to be interesting to a wider audience, but also specific enough within each episode to kind of bring in the interest of everyone. My name is Ronja Lau. I am uh, from Germany. I live in Berlin and I studied prehistoric archaeology and uh, I'm currently a PhD student at the university uh, in Bochum. I came to XR actually um, over a Finally Friday a podcast, which was about uh, textile archaeology. And I liked it so much that I wanted to participate in a, in a volunteer uh, work. And I am now currently um, managing the Twitter, Twitter account of Exarch and tweeting all around uh, our newest informations and happenings and events. The majority of our team members came to EXAC as volunteers and have continued to give their time and develop their skills to specialize in specific areas. Most of them had very little experience in digital events before the pandemic hit in early 2020. Roland explains how it all started. In March 2020, instead of canceling our annual conference in Berlin, we decided to turn the whole thing online. So the decision to do digital events was made because it was either that or nothing. We had only 14 days to do that, but luckily we had extended our team of volunteers over the previous winter. Caroline was also involved from an early stage in the digital side of things. 
we were coming up with strategies to accommodate the fact that we couldn't travel to Berlin. No one could go there for the conference. And so quite suddenly we had to transform this in-person event to a digital one. And we did so fairly successfully, I think. It um, used Discord and YouTube, and we actually had more participants than we would have had if the event had gone forward in person. As the director of EXAC, Roland probably has the widest perspective on how the team has developed and grown. Let's say it was a steep learning curve. Thanks to our volunteers, we made it to good online conferences. We improved greatly since our conference in Berlin, and I cannot imagine any XR conference in the future without a digital component. Digital events aren't just important for academics. They are an opportunity for us to open the doors and welcome more people behind the scenes as we share research. Matilda explains why she feels so strongly about accessible communication. As well as being an archaeologist, I'm also a journalist. I am a very strong believer that not just archaeological research, but all scientific research, all kind of academic uh, work, shall we say, it's so long it's just been off limits to everyone outside the academic sphere. Our job is to benefit society in some way. So in order to do that, we have to make sure that our work is able to be communicated to society. That was why I decided to become involved because it is something that is very close to my heart and uh, I thought that this was a fantastic way of um, trying to achieve some part of my aim uh, in any case. Rania feels the same. This was more, more of a public outreach and um, I liked that a lot. So uh, public outreach and involving everyone who's interested in, doesn't matter if they're an archaeologist or not, is an attempt which I always try to follow also in my personal research. And that's why I like to participate uh, in such things. The increase in online activity has provided our team with a lot of experience in managing digital events. And digital events have been arranged by many organizations, so we have had many sources of inspiration. Caroline provides some examples. I've seen some platforms that do interesting things that feel very familiar um, to how I have experienced different conferences. So some of them create this sort of virtual uh, conference center where you can walk from one booth or stand to another. And it's a little bit like a video game where you can imagine having your little avatar walking from one place to another. Um, I've seen others and one in particular where you are able to actually have your little avatar walking through a park or something and as you get closer to other people's av avatars in real time you start being able to see their face as a video call um, is initiated and so it adds that level of of happenstance meeting that you are missing in in these kinds of events and so that kind of functionality i think is really promising Rania has some different ideas. The inspiration I got was, yeah, mostly, mostly also from, from my digital science labs, actually, because I was thinking also, how can I, how can I work on my own public outreach? Um, not only um, being part of XARC, but also maybe using some, some ideas and 
Uh, I was working the last month on a on a YouTube channel. <laughs> It's very new, but um, you know, as I'm specialized in textile archaeology, I wanted to show people what I'm working on at the moment and what textile archaeology can achieve. And I created um, this uh, video project where I um, where I was filming uh, reenactors who created um, or recreated uh, clothing, weapons armor and stuff um, always based of course on archaeological finds there's of course um, a big gap <laughs> in reenactment um, but I, I filtered the best so um, so that I can stand behind um, the scientific research they did even if they are not uh, archaeologists for example and um, that's a digital project The lessons learned through running events have been positive for the people behind the scenes as well. Josephine describes the skills that she has gained. Because digital conferences and events will probably stay with us even when the corona crisis is over, I think I've acquired some really useful new skills in a short period. Even though more and more of these tasks are automated, it often still takes a human eye and ear to correct machine-generated language. So working in one of these areas has emerged as an option since I started volunteering for Exarch. Sometimes the team also learns what not to do. Liba's experience with digital events hasn't always been so positive. I do see sometimes that uh, these live streaming events will have a big show and uh, will waste a lot of time. We don't come here just for the spectacle of a show. We come here to uh, have a chat and learn stuff and discuss and have a bit of fun as well, but in a good way. Roland sympathizes with issues that other organizations experienced. I have seen large Zoom conferences where the audience could use the chat, but the organizers were clearly not prepared for so much feedback. The chat started to have a life of its own, which was not very positive for the organizers. There are some broader questions about how one conferencing platform or another influences our experiences, as Caroline explains further from her own experience. In the Potter's Wheel conference, we had some people who were surprised we weren't using Zoom, or they were surprised we weren't using YouTube exclusively, or this platform or that platform. So I think we're getting to a point where all these different platforms have different assets to them, but people are starting to get locked into one platform or another. And that that is something that I don't like so much. I think from this point onward, it's going to be sort of a balance between being excited about functionality and getting participants excited about that functionality as well. There's a big part of me that knows the hesitation that participants have in adopting, oh, can you make a username and download this software and have, give it these permissions on your computer, there's, there's hesitation. Um, so we have to temper our excitement. So what did our team agree on? What are the disadvantages of a digital event over meeting in person? After a conference, you usually talk in private to other colleagues and get to know each other and maybe have a beer or just have some dinner together. The lacking opportunity for face-to-face -face contact, for networking and accidental encounters. It is much easier to grab another person at a conference and uh, ask to go have a beer or something and start small talking. 
the happenstance meetings um, that you have in moments where you're grabbing coffee. Online conferences don't offer that human experience of a face-to-face chat with somebody maybe you don't know. I prefer in-person conferences mainly for the social aspect around the official program. You catch up with friends and colleagues over lunch, you meet new people over beer, and you make plans for new exciting projects over dinner. Maybe we are all missing socialization a bit more than usual this year. But what do we like about digital events? If we didn't have the opportunity to use a digital version of our conference, um, nothing would have taken place. It is convenient to have everything online. You save cost and time, and it's good for the environment, as there's less travel involved. Accessibility is obviously the first thing that springs to mind, because you have so many people in the world who are not able to travel. The ability to then just log in and be in the comfort of your own home is a fantastic advantage. And that also means that people are much more likely to attend the smaller scale seminars or workshops or, you know, a one day thing, a three hour thing, even just a one hour thing uh, that previously you would never have attended because why are you going to travel all that way just to attend a one hour workshop, you know? So I think, yeah, making it more accessible, and making it a little bit more open to more people and also having more opportunities for smaller scale things. You don't have to travel far to be at a conference when you do it online. Another advantage of it being online is that now you can suddenly chat with many more people than you would if you had been at a live event and if you use the text function you will have a log basically showing every conversation you have had so you don't have to remember everything by yourself but you can always look back at the texts you have exchanged and uh, yeah you will have a much easier time to reconnect with persons that you have been talking with. The biggest um, asset of online conferences for me is that you don't have to travel and you don't have to budget for them. So it can be something that's integrated into your normal your normal workday in a way. Um, I know that the conference, the archaeological approaches to the Potter's Wheel um, conference, we had two speakers who would not have been able to join us even uh, they would not have been able to join us if it had not been a digital conference. They did not have budget for traveling to Amsterdam, and um, they also didn't have the time to take leave from their positions. So there's something very important that we've been missing with traditional conferencing in person, which is um, allowing people to integrate these scholarly activities into their more normal routines. The team have different ideas about how to combine the advantages of digital and in-person events in the future. Organizers of events and organizers of conferences being more flexible and being more open-minded in how much they can share digitally and how much they can share virtually, I think that will be a really nice way for these kind of things to proceed into the future. We could start to record and stream while we are at conferences. So we will still be able to keep this log of everything that has been going on 
and sharing it with people who don't have the time or the money to travel to a specific place to attend a conference. It might be good to facilitate small-scale breakout groups to recreate a sense of intimacy which inevitably gets lost in an online environment. The way to combine those, of course, I think, is is to um, have greater flexibility in these conferencing platforms. Having that flexibility where you can simulate that that moment of grabbing a cup of coffee and chatting with somebody is really important. And the more ways that we try to do digital conferencing, the more solutions we'll find. Um, and that's only going to help this process of digitizing conferences. Of course, the only way to improve our practices is by regularly checking on what is working and what isn't working. Ronya and Pascal explain why they think Exarch is progressing well. The main part why I like Exarch so much, especially this here now, you know, asking the people what's their opinion and how can they change it. This is a big plus. I haven't seen any scientific or non-scientific company or whatever who's asking people what they think. It listens to the audience and comes up with interesting topics for future discussion. Uh, it, it, I mean, it even meets the needs of, of uh, say, people who aren't English speakers. Uh, you can uh, read the transcript of what's going on. The exact volunteers and staff who work together to bring digital events to life are very clear in saying that their collaboration is what keeps things running smoothly. Trust between team members makes it possible to get things done and keep improving how digital events run. The different skills and experiences that all these people from all over the world can bring and share with each other is a great resource and that we are able to provide a platform for all of these people to share their experiences and share their knowledge is truly great. Working behind the scenes, you find out how many different skills are required and how many steps need to be taken to create a good digital product. So managing the process well is really essential. Taking into account the number of volunteers that are involved, working simultaneously on a variety of tasks that follow upon each other, it is quite remarkable how smoothly things run. I think the friendly and open atmosphere, where everyone is prepared to help out everyone else, also plays a role in creating a high-quality end product. We've been able to transfer this open and welcoming atmosphere to our online presence. Participants are very approachable. We're committed to open access, which in our case also means free access. A lot of the other organizations that are taking this online is that they're still restricting themselves to the organization themselves. Exarch in general is very good at being more open and allowing non-members to participate in things. For us, a platform like Discord, where you create a username and you join the server and there are text and audio channels that you can access, and converse in, um, it was a very comfortable fit because you can go away, come back to it, and, and you see familiar usernames. So it's community building. Having a completely volunteer-based team has a lot of advantages, but Josephine highlights some of the issues that can emerge. Exorc relies on volunteers, which makes it vulnerable to changes. 
Some activities are very time-consuming, such as, for instance, the audio editing. So if such a volunteer leaves, it could be difficult to replace that link in the chain. Overall, I would say it's still a learning process, and improvements take place all the time. Reflecting on past activities and requesting feedback from both the people involved in making the productions, as well as the target audience, might be a useful addition. One of the best ways to combat this issue is to increase our level of digital interaction even further. Liba explains our ideas. We need to expand more, having them come back and be active on the Discord server and keep engaging each other and talking and chatting with each other. But Discord is fairly new to a lot of these people and it has been it has been looked upon as being solely for gamers and such. So trying to tell archaeologists that this is a platform where you can actually have a real discussion may seem a bit odd at the moment. Maybe we can move beyond this stigma and somehow make it seem less threatening and less uh, discouraging to just jump on and start chatting like in any other forum. Roland agrees that more promotion of Discord is needed. I see Exact needs more PR for its online events. The quality of what is presented is good. And we also see many people watching the stuff on YouTube later or listening to the podcasts. But live interaction is always, always more valuable. And it sometimes feels like organizing a Facebook party and you can't tell how many people actually will show up. We have the risk for a too large audience. If you're open access all the way and you only have a limited number of team members to help out, risk is that parts of the online experience will become unmonitored. Specializing in a digital platform requires a deeper knowledge of the technicalities involved. Caroline expands on some of the difficulties that emerge from using multiple platforms. By going back and forth between Discord and YouTube, we do have a little bit more orientation that we need to provide for people. Zoom and Microsoft Teams and other platforms, uh, Google Meet is another example. These are all video-based platforms, whereas we use Discord entirely with audio. People are missing seeing each other face-to-face, and people are surprised when they don't see anything when they signed into the Discord. So that's a, that's a little bit of a learning curve for new members. And um, I'm not sure how we might address that because there's something nice about just having a, an audio conversation, but it's easy to forget how nice that is, I think. Pascal takes an optimistic view. The system is quite rigid in terms of having a chat with people, but we do have what we call our pub chat. We have different chat channels. So in that sense, uh, you know, as long as people know where to go and we do help them, I think that um, we're doing the best that we can with the technology that we have. The rest of the team also have a positive outlook on the possible futures, especially when considering the increase in accessibility offered by our new experience in digital events. So if people are not willing to travel, and just saying, well, but I want to participate in this conference because I think it's very important, then they should have this opportunity. I think this wasn't an opportunity in before Corona times, which was actually pretty sad. I think it affected me quite much 
because I somehow lost the fear. I lost the fear of uh, going digital or going uh, into the internet and uh, showing myself and talking about myself. And this was like a practice throwing myself into the cold water because I had to. There was no other chance. I really, really hope that the idea of kind of continuing to have more accessible events and conferences will continue. I really hope that this has taught people the benefits of online uh, platforms and kind of virtual events and so that that can, that can stay a part of the future of archaeology. In the beginning, I thought that I would just be an archaeologist and go out and dig and find a lot of cool stuff. But I'm starting to think that maybe I can actually work from home at my computer and still contribute to the world of archaeology by making it easier and better and more accessible. So hopefully combining all of my knowledge and my skill, I can help putting together something that will be more open and more inclusive in the future. And not just for archaeologists. I think that we are moving towards a more digital world and that it will be more and more common to have these events streamed and therefore having participation across a much grander scale than we have right now. This has really just shown how international the world is and how open people can be if they're just given the opportunity to to let you do things. So I think, you know, uh, asking to have those other opportunities and asking for that flexibility is no longer considered unreasonable because we've shown that it can work, which I think is a really nice thing. Another hopeful take-home message for the future of this event is the positive environmental impact of digital platforms. Prior to the the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, there was increasing movement within academic um, academic circles and um, professional circles to try and lower our carbon footprints. So from an ecological standpoint, um, conferencing where you fly out and there's this big, um, this big carbon footprint from travel and from all of the food needs and disposable things, and that was something that was being pushed back against. The COVID-19 pandemic has, I think, shown us all different ways that we can still engage in these activities um, without depending on travel. And I think it should become more of the norm so that more people can participate um, and we can make more ecologically sound decisions about our research and communication activities. If anything, it probably adds to our goals that we at Exarch share, namely uh, providing open access, uh, reducing our carbon footprint, and being more sustainable with quality education. The increase in digital conferences and events really, um, for me, is a is a relief because going forward, I'm not going to be in an academic institution, and conferences are expensive to attend. I also feel like I can be more flexible because um, I can be at home and I can integrate 
participation in a digital conference in my normal workday, which means that I can be more up to date on things that are changing. And I can also make contributions um, from my own perspective as time goes by. My plans for the future are widened in scope, despite the fact that I won't be in the comparative comfort, I guess, of, of an academic institution where you have the flexibility per, to participate in these activities. Digital communication has brought the whole world together and given voices to those who were either on the outskirts or else excluded completely from in-person events. It's exciting because we have the potential to include people who are much further away. It's exciting because we have the potential to have many more diverse voices um, in terms of their backgrounds and their um, careers, as well as their ethnicities or nationalities. It's become a very innovative way, really, to stay in touch with everybody across uh, many time zones, uh, over many continents. I still look forward to a time when we'll be able to do face-to-face -face conferences, but we can be really inventive and um, use it to our best advantage. Although I now travel much less, I expect that when I start making visits abroad again, these will be better planned and more meaningful than in the past. We know better than before that this travel is a luxury. But I do believe that this has made the world more of a global village than we originally thought. As we have seen, there are both advantages and disadvantages of digital events and online conferences. An increase in online networking creates a more inclusive and accessible environment for those who may not have the means or opportunities to travel internationally. The decrease in international travel also created the indirect result of less carbon emissions, thus benefiting the environment. Participants and organizers of digital events have also found their experiences beneficial in terms of learning experiences, and they now have many new skills that they would have not had the opportunity to gain otherwise. However, there are also disadvantages to online conferencing the main one of which is, of course, the loss of direct physical contact. Social interactions and networking is a vital part of all events, and the limitations on this imposed by the use of digital platforms is one that all our team have experienced. But there is hope for the future and many opportunities to improve digital platform to create the same social experience of in-person meetings. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and that, like our team, it has helped you to appreciate what we have learned from this year and look forward to what the future may hold. If you're interested in learning more about EXAC, you can visit us online at exact.net, where we share upcoming events, peer-reviewed articles from the EXAC journal, and information on becoming a member. Until next time, thank you for listening, and we hope that you join us again soon.